Welcome to the LifePoint Palm Bay Sermon Podcast. We encourage you to make copies of this message, but please don't charge for those copies. If you'd like to know more about LifePoint Palm Bay, please visit lifepointpb.com. Hello, church. It's good to see you again in this fourth episode of House to House. On this Sunday, April the 5th, this is Palm Sunday, believe it or not. And as we gather together today to worship and to dig into the Word, I'm so glad you're here. And as we did last week, we're going to have some worship first, and I'm going to come and share the Word, and then we'll break some and have some more worship. So just follow along. We'll give you instructions as we go. But I am so grateful that you're here. And before we begin, can we just ask the Lord's blessing? So Lord, we come to you today on this Palm Sunday. And we ask that you would be honored in all that's done. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would encourage, that you would comfort, that you would lift up, that you would strengthen. I pray, Lord, today you will speak. We are listening for your voice. And we pray that you would receive all the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, church. It's good to be back with you. This morning, we're going to continue in Ephesians chapter 5, even though I keep trying to leave it every week, and the Lord keeps bringing me back. I keep thinking, Lord, there's so many things going on right now. Surely there's another passage that you want me to go to this week. And the Lord says, no, I was planning this before you ever started even thinking about Ephesians a year and a half ago. Ephesians 5.21 says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. This morning, we're going to talk about something that some might consider a dirty word. Biblical submission, really the word, single word is submission. It's not a dirty word, by the way, but it is sometimes thought to be that way. Sometimes we feel like it's not a good thing, that submission is a bad word, has a bad connotation. I want you to understand something this morning, that submission is such a huge biblical principle. It is my belief and experience that you will not experience all that Jesus wants to do in your life if you do not grapple with what biblical submission looks like. And not just grapple with it, but respond to it. Let me give you a simple definition of submission, one that you can play around with. Submission is the sensitivity and responsiveness of our will under the power of the Holy Spirit to the order and plan of God. Let me say that again in case you're jotting it down. Submission is the sensitivity and responsiveness of our will under the power of the Holy Spirit to the order and plan of God. It's important that we put under the power of the Holy Spirit because our will is capable of doing a whole bunch in its own power. Um, The reason the writer in Ephesians, Paul, is writing it in that order, he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then later he says this whole thing about submitting to one another and submitting to the Lord. And so it comes after the work of the Holy Spirit, as a part of the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. It's not just something we do by our willpower. Some of you who are rule followers, you want to do the right thing. You say, well, I'm supposed to be submissive, so by my will, I will be submissive. That often can produce a counterproductive result in our life. And so it's not by our will, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. But as we're looking at this, you think, how do I know that this is really something I'm supposed to walk out and live in my life? Well, who was the most submissive person to ever walk on this earth? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. We know this from Scripture. What does it say? It says that he didn't do anything except what he heard the Father say and what he saw the Father doing. Even in the Garden of Gethsemane, his will was struggling with the fact that he had to go to the cross. He knew what was ahead of him. And he said, Father, is there any other way? Not my will, Lord. I, but his will was involved and he was wrestling with this. He is our perfect example 
of what biblical submission really looks like. So we know we're, we're to follow this, we're to, we're to be patterned, our life is to be patterned, and the Holy Spirit wants to conform us into the image of Jesus. But why is it so hard for us to really grab hold of this idea of submission? Why is it a dirty word often in our culture and in our experience? There are three reasons that I know of for sure. There may be more, but three that I can give you this morning. The first is we have a will. Our human will fights against it. And it doesn't matter what your personality is. Some of you have strong personalities. You're very verbal. You're aggressive. You're what we might call a type A. Some of you are quieter. You're more reserved. You are, some might even say, passive. It doesn't matter. We all have a will, and we express that will in our own way. So the first thing that stands in our, in our way of submission is our own will. The second thing that stands in our way is often submission has been misused and abused. I have seen this. I have done it. Um, we think that it becomes a, a, a club, if you will, to make sure people do the right thing. We want to control. We want to manipulate. We want to tell people what to do. I want to be in charge, and it's your job to submit. And it doesn't matter whether... You're a pastor, or in a marriage, or in a job, or at school, or in just in a friendship. When we try to misuse this idea of submission and beat people over the head with it like a billy club, it is misused and abused, and it's always rejected. And it should be, because that is wrong. That is not a picture of biblical submission. The third thing, we don't understand the power and the freedom that comes with biblical submission. Now, I'm going to go into that in more detail after we come back from the break, but I want you to understand that there is great power and tremendous freedom when you and I understand and operate in biblical submission. And the Scripture brings that out. And I'm going to show you two very familiar passages and the two, I think, tremendous principles that come out of those passages when we come back from the break. But I want you to do something first. I want you to watch a video. I just saw this about a week ago a young man by the name of Craig Avon, and he wrote a song called Speak. If you and I are going to enter into biblical submission, it won't be because we heard a message. It won't be because I'm a great teacher. It won't be because you just decided in your mind or with your will that you're going to do it. God's going to have to speak to you. I've been on this journey of biblical submission for 34 years. And I'm still growing and learning in it. But every revelation that came, it came because Jesus spoke. And so this song is a prayer that asks Jesus to speak to us. I want you to do that. I'm going to do that. Jesus, we're wanting you to speak to us. So listen to this. You may even take some time before you, you might pause and take some time and pray and listen to the Lord for a few minutes before you come back. But listen to this song by Craig right now. Welcome back. I hope you took the time that you needed during that break. Uh, to let the Holy Spirit speak and guide. And I want to encourage you. These short little encouragements are simply springboards to help you actually hear from the Holy Spirit, to actually let God speak to you in your life, in your situation, what you're going through, because I don't know, but He does. So if you take five minutes or 10 minutes or 30 minutes, whatever the Holy Spirit does in that, take that time and then come back and join in, and then we'll give you more time to do that. That's, I believe, the power of this, this way of communicating. And so it makes it become much more personal than just, just a recorded message. Now we're back into this conversation about biblical submission. There are two 
stories that I love out of Scripture. There are a lot of stories that I love. In the New Testament, two stories, and uh, both of them involving Jesus. One of them is a Palm Sunday story. We'll get to that in just a minute. The first one is where God began to teach me about this principle of biblical submission. It's a story you're probably familiar with. It's in Matthew chapter 8, and I believe verses 5 through 10, that section, you can look it up there on your own. Uh, But in Matthew... We have the story of the centurion. You know what a centurion is. He was a Roman soldier who was responsible for a hundred other soldiers. He was in charge. Um, We would consider him a fairly fairly high rank, maybe a colonel in our our military branches today. Uh, He wasn't the top of the chain, but he wasn't the bottom either. He was somewhere squarely in the middle. And he comes to Jesus with a request. And he comes on on the behalf of his servant. And I want to take just a minute, I'm going to chase a rabbit for a second, because I think this is very important. We talked about one of the reasons we don't like biblical submission is because we've seen it abused and misused. When you understand biblical leadership and biblical submission, you will recognize something in this centurion that is often missing in someone who's a leader. He did not come to Jesus asking on his own behalf. He was there personally seeking Jesus' work, his power, in the life of his servant. He could have sent another servant. He had plenty. He could have sent someone else to Jesus and said, hey, I've got a servant. My master has a servant. He wants you to do something for him. He did not do that. He went personally, and he wasn't asking on his own behalf. He was asking for someone else. Biblical leadership and biblical submission has that heart. It wants to serve, not be served. If you see something that looks different than that, you can be pretty sure it's not biblical submission. Now, he comes and he goes to Jesus and he says, my servant... He is, he's in a bad way. He's paralyzed. He, um, he, he's suffering terribly. And Jesus immediately answers him and says, I'll come and heal. I'll come to your home and I'll heal him. Now, most of us are, yay, Jesus is coming. He's going to do that. We got what we wanted from Jesus. But the centurion did not say that. He said, Lord, you don't have to do that. He said, I am a man under authority too. Don't miss that. He's saying, Jesus, I recognize that you are a man under authority. You are a man submitted to your Father, your Heavenly Father, which means that all His power and all His authority flows through you because you are in submission. And it flows out from you because you're in submission. He says, the same works for me. I'm not the top guy. Caesar's the top guy. And then there are other guys under him. But that chain of authority and command flows from Caesar through all of my superior officers, and it comes to me, and I tell this one go, and he goes, and this one come. Why? Because I'm in that chain. I'm, I'm lined up in that order, in that plan. And so Caesar's authority then flows through me. He says, Jesus, you don't have to come to my house. I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. You just say a word, and the Father will send them in your name. He'll send them in his power to come and do what's necessary. Jesus stopped, and he told everybody around him, it says he was amazed, he was marveled. Jesus only said that twice in all of his ministry that we have recorded for us, where he marveled or was amazed. Both of them had to do with faith. But in this situation, he says, I haven't seen this kind of faith in all of Israel. I want you to understand this great principle, and don't miss it, that submission is always an act of great faith. Always. You will not operate in biblical submission without faith. But you will not please God without faith, because Hebrews tells us that, that without faith it's impossible to please Him. As you and I 
are experiencing what biblical submission looks like in our life, we're going to have to have faith. And we're going to grow in faith. And faith comes by hearing because we hear the Lord speak and we respond in obedience to that. But remember, obedience is the outward action. Submission is the inward quality of the heart. It is the work that God's doing inside. And obedience is the external expression of that internal work. I can be outwardly obedient and internally not submissive. And so we have this picture, and don't forget this this principle, that submission is always an act of great faith. It was here, it will be in your life. It has been in my life over the last 34 years. The second one is happened on Palm Sunday, or what we call Palm Sunday. It's really the triumphal entry. Uh, It's really the beginning of Passover or the Feast of Unleavened Bread, if you want to be specific. And, but we call it Palm Sunday. This is when Jesus comes into Jerusalem riding on a donkey. I want you to look at this passage with me. It's in Luke chapter 19. And it says in verse 29, When he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany, at the mount that is called Olivet, which is the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples. Now let me stop here for a second. What if these two disciples would have said, Wait a second, why are you sending us? Why don't you send those two? I mean, it's hot today, Lord. We just went yesterday. You know, why does it take two, Lord? It only takes one to drag a donkey back here. Why do both of us have to go? All of these different things could happen. If there was an unsubmitted heart in all of this, you and I wouldn't be reading this story because those two disciples had to go get the donkey. Let's keep reading verse 30. Jesus said, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied. Don't miss that word. The colt was tied. The little colt wasn't running out free in the field. He wasn't playing with his other little colt friends. He wasn't doing what he pleased. He was tied. I don't want you to miss this. If you're like me, you will probably chafe at this initially, but this is so true. I have seen it in God's Word. I've seen it in my own experience. What appears to us to be temporary restraint is the tool that God uses to put us in a place where He can call us to Himself and allow us to walk in freedom. Submission initially looks like restraint. I promise you it leads you to places of freedom, wide open places that you never dreamed. Let's keep reading. The colt was tied on which no one ever sat. This little colt, nobody had ever ridden it. This is fulfilling prophecy. We go back to the Old Testament where it says that Jesus comes in, that Messiah comes in riding on a colt, one that had never been ridden before. It's also a picture of royalty. All that's happening. But don't miss the underlying truth that's here, that none of this takes place without submission, without biblical submission. He goes on and he says, untie it and bring it here. Where's the here? The here is him. Bring it to me. Bring the colt to me. Folks, I cannot tell you, I cannot emphasize strongly enough, God doesn't want you and I living in bondage. We often choose bondage because we do not understand or appreciate biblical submission. He goes on, he says, If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say this, the Lord has need of it. If Jesus had sent me off, I'll be honest with you, I'm a questioner. I'm thinking, Lord, you're not giving me enough information for this mission. There are are some details. You know, what what if they say, well, I don't care that the Lord sent you. I mean, there's all kinds of things. I've got all the what ifs. I'm grateful these guys didn't. They just went. Here's the picture. The picture is this little colt tied 
Its master had tied it there. Someone else had possession of it. So when these guys show up to take it because Jesus said so, it's like, wait a second. We don't really have authority to it, but they do have authority because Jesus gave them authority. And he says, if anybody asks, just tell them the Lord sent you. Say, Troy, if I want to really experience biblical submission, is there one key that I need to experience, something that I need to enter into? Yeah, there is. There's one. I mean, there are probably more than one. There's one where you got to start. This is vital. You can't miss it. So if you've tuned me out in everything else, listen to this. You and I must come to a place where we wrestle with who's Lord. Lordship is always the issue. It's not that we have a problem with lordship. We just have a problem of who's going to be Lord. I like lordship. I like it when I'm Lord. Um, You probably are the same way. I don't have a problem with lordship. I just want to determine who's going to be Lord. The reality is, is that when we come into biblical submission, recognizing Jesus, your Lord, over everything and all things, when we wrestle with it, and one of the reasons I think God's giving us time right now, folks, is so that we can spend some time with Him and say, Lord, are there things you want to speak into my life, things that you want to show me that I haven't really had time to pay attention to? I've got more time now. Don't spend it just watching TV or, you know, or exercising. It's great to exercise. It's not bad to watch TV. None of those things are evil or bad. But take some of this time that God's giving and say, Lord, is there something you want to speak to me? Matter of fact, can I even call you Lord? Do I have the right to call you Lord? Are there areas of my life where I'm still Lord and I know it and you know it? I just use the verbiage. He wants to show us. I told you I began this journey about 34 years ago. I got saved before then. And that's a whole other story, those years between me getting saved at 6 or 7 and until I was about 18 or 19 years old. But um, that's a story for another day. But at 19 years of age, I was on a trip with my parents, and I determined something I wanted to do that I knew they wouldn't approve of. It wasn't, in my mind, terribly bad, but I just knew they wouldn't approve, and I didn't want to have to deal with all of that. And I wasn't sure that Jesus would approve, but I didn't ask him. I really wasn't interested in whether he approved or not. And so I told them I was going to do one thing when I went with every intention of doing another, and I went and did the other. And I came back, and I even covered my tracks. I tried to get information about the thing I was supposed to be doing so that when I got back, I could deceive them and say, you know what, Um, I really went where I didn't go, and I really did what I didn't do. And so... That's fine. My parents didn't know any differently, but Jesus knows. I can't deceive him. I began to feel unwell, just physically unwell in that. And as I was going through, uh, just kind of descending into greater unwellness uh, and and developing a fever and just feeling really badly, um, I'm laying there. And let me stop for a second. Just because you get sick doesn't mean that you're not submissive. But in my case, this is my story. In my case, that's what God wanted to speak to me. Just want to make that clarification. So I was uh, not feeling well, and I got worse and worse. It got so severe that my parents, um, I could hear them talking about maybe taking me to the hospital. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me, not in an audible voice, but in one that's louder than that. It was so clear I knew he was speaking, he was communicating. And it was very simple. It was, Troy, if you will not submit to me, if you won't make me Lord, I cannot work in your life. I cannot work through you the way I desire to work through you. There is much that I want to do, 
much as I want to demonstrate of who I am through your life. But if you won't submit to me, I can't do it. I won't do it. There was a decision that day on that bed. Lord, I want that to be real. I want you to really be Lord of my life. Now, I've been to that place many times since, but it started that day, 34 years ago. I want to tell you, uh, and I'm not embellishing or sensationalizing, but immediately, once I had done business with the Lord, I began to feel better. Within an hour, I was sitting downstairs in the hotel restaurant having a meal with my family. And you say, Troy, what's the point of all that? I believe it was this. The Lord was communicating in His faithfulness and His goodness to me. What I did not know or understand at that time, I thought freedom was being able to do what I want. I didn't really understand that freedom was the power to do what Jesus had planned for me. That's real freedom. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for me. I'm going to encourage you to do something right now. I want you, as you stop this video, and there's going to be some worship that comes a little bit later, and you can enter back into that. But right now, I want you to stop the video. And you may need to go privately to another space in the, in the house where you're meeting or go outside. What you're about to do next probably is not something you're going to do with others. I've found that there are moments with the Lord that are just personal. Now, you can come back and share it with others, and you can pray together about it. But often it starts with just you and God. So take a moment, find a, a quiet spot, and ask him, Jesus, are you really my Lord? Listen to what he says. He'll bring, the Holy Spirit's faithful, he'll bring to mind, maybe there's a relationship right now where you're experiencing all kinds of tension, and you thought it was because of that other person, but it's really because he's not Lord. You still determine it has to look a certain way, or it has to function in a certain way. Maybe you're experiencing some emotional distress right now. And it's not because of COVID-19 or anything else. Maybe it's just simply because he's not Lord. Maybe you're experiencing financial challenges. Maybe there are health issues. There are all kinds of things that come in our life. And God is so gracious. Not that he brings it, but he allows us to go through things that, that, that call out to us. That say, there's something I want you to see and be willing to address. Remember what submission is. It's my sensitivity and responsiveness of my will to line up with the plan, the goal, the agenda that God has. I do this by the power of the Spirit. So as God brings them to your mind, then you say, Holy Spirit, I surrender. Help me, fill me, fill this area. I surrender it to you. And then here's the next thing. If God tells you to do anything, do it, whatever it is. If he tells you to go to somebody and say, I'm sorry, I need to apologize, do it. But they were wrong. I don't care. Go do it. And don't say, well, you were wrong and I were wrong. No, 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 that's a cop-out. All right? I was wrong. Let the Holy Spirit deal with them. He will. He's plenty big enough to do that. And maybe the Lord will say, I want you to give in this way, or I want you to stop here, or I want you to go there. If the Holy Spirit says anything to you, and by the way, Sometimes we come up with our own things that we think we need to do because they make us feel better. But when the Holy Spirit speaks to me in this way, it always humbles me. It's usually not something I want to do. It may be the same with you. So be alert to that. All right? Take some time right now. Go spend some time with the Lord. Then come back and start the video again. Worship together. Because God loves to speak when we're worshiping as well. God bless you. All right, church. Welcome back. I trust that you had sweet time with the Lord. 
and listening to what he has to say. And not just now, this continues on. It doesn't stop just because we finish up this little house-to-house segment. Be listening to what he wants to say today, tomorrow, throughout the week, and and really for the rest of your life. Like I said, this has been a 34-year journey, and I'm still on it. I'm still learning day by day what it means to submit. I'm submitting to the Lord just to do this, because I didn't want to do it. My will didn't want to do it. And so it's, it doesn't end. We keep on growing in this. I would have a challenge for you in our next steps here. If the Lord gives you freedom, I encourage you as He's speaking certain things or bringing things to your mind, share them with someone in the course of the week. It's a testimony of here's how God's working in my life. And it may elicit a testimony from them as well. And this is encouragement to one another to see God at work. So I encourage you to do that. Um, keep doing this as you, as you go through not just the week, but the, the, days, the days and weeks ahead to be able to share with someone, hey, here's an area where God is calling. And also be praying for people. What happens when you begin to submit, you will become more aware and recognize when other people aren't. It becomes more obvious. It's just something that God does. <laughs> early on, I still can do it, but early on especially, I'm a direct kind of person. And so I would tell them where they weren't submitted. That's not my job. It's not your job either. That's the Holy Spirit's job. So pray for them. You'll begin to recognize some things, and I find myself much more effective when I pray for them rather than try to fix them. None of us really like to be fixed or be considered projects. Uh, so just a word of caution as you do this. And then one last thing. Many of you have been responding and said, hey, we're trying to encourage others as God brings them to our mind. But a couple of you have said, People come to my mind, and I don't have a number for them. I don't know how to get in touch with them. If that's the case for you, I encourage you to reach out to the church office, and we'll see if we can't work that out, So, if God's prompted you with someone so that you can get in touch with them. Um, now, the church staff doesn't know this until they see this, but just let them know I said it, all right? And I'm sure it'll all work out just fine. Again, I love you guys. I look forward to being back together, which probably won't be for a few weeks, but I look forward to when we get back together. God bless you. Grace and peace.